Psalm 127. I'm thankful for the Word of God that we can look in the Scriptures. I'm thankful that it's true. And uh, even on subject matters of life, that the Bible speaks to that subject matter and that issue. And I'm thankful that every life is precious in the sight of the Lord. And uh, um, we do know, as the Scriptures say, and I wrote about it in the bulletin, Psalm 139 reminds us that the Lord Jesus writes down every member before there's any of them on a newborn baby. And uh, we're thankful for that. Can I tell you how simple it is to me, and we're going to get to Psalm 127, how simple it is in, in my common sense, okay? In my common sense, if a beating heart stops and they consider that to be death, then I would think that a beating heart would be considered life. Okay? And so that's just how I view some things. And uh, it, you say that, that that's just too simple on the issue. We can start the discussion from simplicity. And uh, so thankful for simplicity. Psalm 127, if you found it and you're able to, we're on page 870 this morning. <laughs> Psalm 127, if you're able to stand, we'll read these five verses together. And uh, we're thankful for the Word of God. Look what the Bible says, Psalm 127. says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord." And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I'm going to come back and look at that phrase in verse number three, where it says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord on this subject matter, on cherish our heritage. Cherish our heritage. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for bringing to our hearts in the forefront of our minds, Lord, the privilege and the opportunities that we have to be able to help save lives, Lord, here in our state and across our nation. Lord, would you use us to do so? But Lord, most of all, may that come from a heart of understanding the Word of God and looking towards children and looking towards life the same way that you do, that it is precious. And we thank you for it. Now help us now in the next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning we've heard and been challenged about the sanctity of life right here in the state of New Hampshire. May I remind us there's no way of telling actually how many abortions have taken place in the state of New Hampshire because there's actually no law on the books that requires that those numbers are turned in and a record uh, be kept on those numbers. You say that's horrible. Yes, it is. Every year, innocent lives are being taken before the opportunity for them to be able to take their first breath. I believe it's sad and it goes against God's plan 
for mankind. Over and over, God gave the command in the book of Genesis, if we were to take the time and trace it through, where God said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, I know, and, and I'm, I'm not one that's taken that to the extreme, that I don't have 12 kids. And, uh, and so we have two, and the Bible says here, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. And uh, some have said, well, a quiver, that was seven kids or eight kids, and, and it don't matter, okay? And say, well, that's the biblical precedence for how many kids that you need to have is whatever a quiver full is. I'll just go ahead and say my quiver was full <laughs> with two, <laughs> okay? And uh, my quiver was full at two. May I also say that in all of this, I do not want to overlook that there is forgiveness and grace from our Heavenly Father. I read a statistic lately, and I'm being very, I want to be very gracious at this moment, that there was a survey that was taken of during some post-abortive care of those that had experienced an abortion. And of that survey that was taken, four out of every ten ladies were active churchgoers when they had that abortion. And so I, I'm not going to ask here this morning, there may be some that are sitting right here that have had that as part of their past. May I say this? You still serve the same God that I serve this morning. And I am so thankful for his grace and his mercy and his long suffering to be able to help and to bring healing from these past events that some people may have in their lives. Today, I'd like to focus on the sweet heritage that God gives to us and our desire to be able to cherish that heritage. Now, automatically, when I begin saying heritage, you may think that he's automatically thinking about our past. And yes, many times, even throughout the scripture, it talks about our heritage as that which has been handed down to us. But here in Psalm 127, the Bible reminds us and says, lo, children are in heritage of the Lord. Yes, a gift that has been handed down from God himself. But yet as the gift has been handed from God, it's not that children are our past, but children are our future. Do you understand that children are our heritage that is going to continue on as we take off from this world? And so many times we are so intent, understand this, on preserving our past that we do not and we fail to protect our future. Let me say that again. So many times we are intent on preserving our past. And I believe we ought to preserve our past. We ought to remember that. We ought to hold it. We ought to remind people of that, but not at the expense of not protecting our future. And specifically this morning on protecting the heritage that God is giving to us with the next generation, not just here in our church, but across our nation and our state. 
The generation of our heritage is children. If you were to go back as we look at verse number three here, and I went back and started studying that word low. L-O. You say, well, that's not a very important word. If you just go back and it actually says in the ancient English, it's actually a word of excitement and explanation. And so modern day would probably put an explanation point, exclamation point after the word low. And so it's not low children are in heritage of the Lord, but it is low. Hey, excitement here. Children are in heritage of the Lord and excitement and a confidence and a explanation that's being given of children. Now, I want you to see this, and I'm going to look at just three simple thoughts this morning. First of all, understanding that children are a divine gift on loan from God. Children are a divine gift. You understand that it does not say that children are in heritage of the parents, their inheritance of the Lord that we as parents have been entrusted with to be able to raise them, to be able to educate them, to be able to nurture them. And the Bible says that we ought to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Understanding this in the context of children is what the Bible is speaking of here in Psalm 127. He starts in verse number one, that except the Lord build the house. A divine gift on loan from the Lord. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, specifically given by God. They belong to God. I remember the day that after my daughter Ruth was born, that Miss Crystal and I, one of those very first Sunday mornings, that we had that little girl in church that we found our way at the close of that service and the three of us came down and it was on this side of the platform and the pulpit over here, it was in our church down in Tennessee, that we made our way and we knelt down there on that altar and we laid Ruth as a baby there and we said, Lord, she's yours. And gave our children back to the Lord to be used for his honor and glory and understanding they're not mine. I've just been entrusted with them. And boy, what a responsibility that God has given to us to be able to raise children. You say, oh, pastor, you don't understand what it is to raise children in this day and age. Hey, mine aren't out of the woods yet. Don't, don't think that. But yes, boy, we pray, and the availability of sin that is abounding on every side around us. I heard a song recently that goes back and describes, yes, I've missed out. (laughs) And it talks about, yes, I've missed out on the heartache. I've missed out on the misery. I've missed out on the discouragement and the scars of sin. So yes, I have missed out. 
And I said, you know, that's, that's something I want my children to be able to stand up and be able to say in the midst of all that, yes, I've missed out on some things. I've missed out on all that misery. I've missed out on all that heartache. You know why? Because these children are a gift from God Almighty that he has entrusted us with. And we have a limited time to be able to pour the word of God and what's right and what's wrong into them before they're out there and living their life and making their decisions. Divine gift. I believe that maybe, and I'll preach to the parents here for just a moment, that maybe some parents would take their responsibility a little bit more seriously when it comes to their children when they understand that they actually belong to God. And they're on loan to us because God has a purpose and a plan for their life. And God's entrusted me to prepare that boy back there for what God has for him. Do you understand the responsibility that God's given to us? A divine gift. But I want you to see this as we look back at verse number one. There must be dealing with this heritage, understanding it's a divine gift from God on loan to us. We must have complete dependence upon God in raising and cherishing this heritage that God's given to us. You say, what do you mean complete dependence upon God? Look at this in verse number one. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. In other words, you can try all the parenting plans that you want to try. And you say, well, now the big one while I was growing up that my dad always preached against, and I'll show you how old I am right now. But uh, the one my dad always preached against was Dr. Spook. Spock, I know. (laughs) I know, he'd always call him Dr. Spook. Dr. Spook, no, Dr. Spock. And you can, listen, you can go out there, go to the how-to section and go to the bookstores and, and you, could, you could fill this room with all the parenting books that are out there. And I understand we all need help with parenting. Can I say you can follow every one of those books and have that child go out and turn their back and not live for God one bit. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. And listen, you may have all your books on parenting, but if you don't have this one, you're missing it. This must be the center upon which all of it, listen, this is God's book raising God's heritage for God's purpose that he has for them. You say, well, I'm, I'm building this house. You labor in vain if God's not building it. If we're not upon the foundation of the word of God, the foundation of God building the house, but then look at this, except the Lord keep the city. We have complete dependence upon God for the structure being built, but then can I say this, for the safety of God watching over it. There's just something about resting in the principles of God. God, I have, I've done my best. You know, at some point, and, and there's parents here that have children that are older than my children, and you can testify to this. At some point, guess what? Them children have to say, is that for me? Is that my decision? Is that my faith? Children can go only so long tagging on to their parents' coattails. Now, as long as they're in my house, they're going to be living for God. They're going to be serving God. 
Now, you can go get your own place if you want to. You can go pay your own bills if you're going to rebel against God. That's not how you were raised. And I look at the principles of the word of God. Listen, I'm so thankful and there is coming a time that we have to rest for the safety of our family of God. I'm trying to raise them according to the principles of the word of God. You say, pastor, are you a perfect parent? No, but I think we got a few here. Who's a, who here is a perfect parent? Everybody that doesn't have kids yet. That's the truth, isn't it? The, be, the, the, the number one advice we've ever been given on how to raise kids is those that don't have kids. The most derogatory statements that I've ever been told about how I was raising my kids was from someone who didn't have any kids. And I'm thinking, give me about 15 years, then come back and talk to me. They haven't said another word. That's kind of like the only ones that can tell you how to have a successful marriage. It's the ones that never been married. How to be the type of pastor is one that's never been a pastor. I'm thinking all these things, we go through it. Listen, there's something about the structure being built by God, but there's something about the safety. You can watch over your family all you want. If it's outside the will of God, there's not going to be safety that's there. But then I thought just to keep it in the three S's that are there, the structure, except the Lord build the house. Okay, and then it talks about the watchman and the safety watching over the family that's there. But then he gets to the next verse and says, it's vain for you to rise up early, sit up late, eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. I thought about this. When we're in the will of God and raising our family, boy, there's just something about being able to pillow your head at night and being able to thank the Lord. That, listen, God's the center of the home. Is that saying we're not going to have any problems? There's not one Christian parent here that would say you have no problems in your home. Not one. You know why? Because we try to do everything we can, doing right according to the word of God. And I preached it over the past couple weeks. The devil's still going to try to come in and be able to get your kids and get your family and to be able to tear them down and tear them apart. But it must be complete dependence upon God. Now we see these two things, that they're a divine gift from God. Children are an heritage of the Lord. We see the dependence upon God, but we come down here to verse number five, and we see the delight in God's plan. He starts right off and says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Can I say this? And I, and I know we all, I, I actually joked with a couple this week that have kids. And I say, I, I said to him, it, it was one of those mornings. I said, yeah, have kids. They said, it'll be fun. They said, everything will be great. They said, yeah, that's what they say. We have mornings like that. Don't we, Brian and Nicole? We have mornings. I still have mornings like that. No, you're on the road. That's why you don't have mornings like that. <laughs> but listen, we face things like that. Every parent would have to say there's mornings where like we want to send them back to bed and say, wake up with a good attitude. I mean, that's when, that's when mornings come and we coin the phrase, did you get up on the wrong side of the bed? Yes. They get up on the wrong side of life, it seems like, okay? But you know something? I found out this. There can be, and, and even through all of that, even through the raising of kids and the heartaches and the trials and on and on, the Bible says happy is he. There's just something about being faithful to the principles of the word of God and the safety of the Lord 
that we can delight. Now understand what the Bible says here. I think this is two-sided, that there's a children's responsibility here, but there's also, we're talking about the parental responsibility. Look what he says. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. That's talking about children. The number that God has for you and your family praying it through, this is what God has for us. Happy is a man that hath his quiver full of them, but then it says they. I believe it's talking about the children. It's directly referring back to they shall not be ashamed. Now, I believe the application is we have children and parents here. I'm not going to ask here how many children ever been ashamed of their parents. Usually it's because of a, I just got to look back here. Usually it's because of a dad joke is where I was going to go with that. <laughs> Usually have a dad joke. They're like, oh, that's my dad. That's my dad joke. I'm not talking about Brother Drury down here on dad jokes or anything like that. I'm talking, listen, you don't understand the Bible says, I believe in the context of living for God and living by the principles of the word of God. There's not going to have to be parents and there's not going to have to be children that are ashamed. I, I thought about what it must be like, listen, for for children whose parents are not living by the principles of the word of God and they're just sowing their wild oats, they're, they're living according to the world and how that statement must be made. That's your parents? You mean that was them that was yelling? That was them that was out there? I, and, and listen, hey, I, I've, I've preached for a year. I, I've talked to too many that are sitting inside prison. I've had too many young men, too many young ladies that have had the regrets in life. And they've said this, they've gone for months and years without seeing their children because they're sitting inside prison. And you know what they say? It's the most compassionate thing I can do because I don't want my children to see me like this. You know what it is? ashamed. And I thought, listen, there's hope in the word of God that we don't have to be at that point. We can actually be delighted in God's plan for parents. Not ashamed. You see this? Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I thought, boy, what an application we could make right there. You know what it did for my heart? She's downstairs in junior church right now. You know what it did for my heart? That's my daughter is up here standing. I would say this, and she's open to having a conversation with anybody and try to talk to her. You say, well, I don't agree with that. Go talk to her. And I thought, I've seen her confront people and not in an angry way and talk to people and calm some things down. I'm saying, boy, we don't have to be ashamed. They can talk with the enemies in the gate. <laughs> I mean, just be able to carry on a conversation, not being ashamed. And I thought, listen, it all comes back to God's plan. Parents aren't going to be ashamed. Children aren't going to be ashamed. I believe happy is a man. They will speak with the enemies in the gate. The family unit of cherishing the heritage that God has given to us. Happy is the man. I thought also, boy, they, verse 4, and I could, I could preach another whole message on this, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. 
so are children of the youth. And I thought, listen, they are prepared. They are fine-tuned instruments to be able to go forth and accomplish the plan that God has for them. I thought, how wonderful. Can I give you a little application there? Anybody here a, a, a bow and arrow shooter, an archery shooter? How many feathers are on an arrow? Three. How many's in the Trinity? I'll just leave it there. Boy, they got to have all of them, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. <laughs> Boy, they get it in. You say, you preaching that? But that's just a good application, okay? I'm just saying you get them with God. I tell you, they'll go a long way straight. Straight as an arrow. And I thought, Lord, would you help us to quit despising our heritage and start cherishing our heritage, this next generation that's being raised, this next generation that's coming. And understand, there may be some that are here, and you're scared to death of what it's going to be with children. You know something? If the Lord building the house, if the Lord's keeping watch, it's amazing what can be done in the power of God. It can be accomplished through him. And I'm thankful for that. Now understand this, and I'll close with this. God's plan is for the family union. In God's will, he will protect the family, build the family, and watch over the family. There will be joy in the family and not shame. It's time we teach the importance of the family and the purpose of the family. Now understand in closing, none of this is possible without the Lord. None of it's possible without the Lord. You say, well, I got a pretty good family and I don't have God in the midst. You might have a good family. I don't think you have a biblical family. God in the center, building, watching over, protecting, boy, no shame. And listen, I know every kid at some point Seems like they're going to bring shame to the father, bring shame to the mother. Listen, I understand that. You know what that is at some point? It's a failure of them to follow biblical principles. But I believe God can help us with that, and I'm praying that we would cherish our heritage. That's why I love what's taking place downstairs right now in junior church, be able to raise up that younger generation. I heard, is it Savannah? right after Miss Ruth gets done. And uh, Savannah was saying amen back there on choosing life. And I said, you know, that's, that's life. That's the choice that's being, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful. I'm saying praise the Lord. They're our future. I know some get so irritated. No, that's our future. We have them around. You understand what's going to take place in that nursery in about six months? We need volunteers for the nursery ministry. <laughs> but aren't you thankful with, with the Lord at the center? It can all take place. And boy, I'm thankful for it. Low children are in heritage of the Lord.